I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World. When the USSR broke apart 20 years ago, Russians and other ex-Soviets suddenly found themselves not just citizens of 15 different countries, they also had to adjust to a whole new economic system with an unfamiliar set of rules. As Bridget McCarthy reports, it was not an easy transition. For Russians and other former Soviets, the biggest shock wasn't just the sudden breakup of the USSR. It was what came afterwards. The best things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. Communism was out, capitalism was in, and life based on the almighty ruble. Did they really want a market economy where prices and money determine things? I'm not so sure. James Collins is a former U.S. ambassador to the Russian Federation. I mean, it was a terribly wrenching experience because essentially it upended the entire system by which everybody had structured a life. Everything from the fact that money counted to the idea that an academic would make less and have less perquisites than some fellow settling Snickers bars on a corner in a kiosk. I mean, this was just incredible. And many people simply couldn't make the transition, says Valery Solovey, a professor at the Moscow State Institute for International Relations. Very often I say to my friends, those who could survive in the 90s and who are still mentally healthy, and uh, who are not hard drunkers, they could survive (laughs) anything. (laughs) Nikolai Nikolaev was also a university professor. He taught in Nizhny Novgorod, a Russian city 250 miles east of Moscow. After the collapse of communism, he drove a taxi at night so his family wouldn't go hungry. I remember meeting with my friends every New Year's, and our first toast was, well, it can't get any worse. And it kept getting worse. We just couldn't believe how much things could fall apart and how poor people were. Nikolaev says things are better now. He and several colleagues left the university in the mid-1990s to form a small publishing firm. Their office is in a beautiful old building in downtown Nizhny Novgorod. Lena Konstantinova works there as an artist and graphic designer. People have learned to be like frogs, to beat the butter with their little legs to survive in these new conditions. Look at us, she says. We're obviously fine. We're sitting here in this nice office. But the underlying chaos and uncertainty hasn't really disappeared. We've just gotten used to it. She says one of the most bewildering changes since the end of communism is having to think about money so much. It makes life much narrower, much poorer, less interesting, because everything is measured by how much it costs or whether you can afford it. It's very sad, actually. She says one of the most positive aspects of the Soviet Union was that you almost never thought about money when you considered love, work, or anything else. Nikolai Nikolaev interrupts her. You were just running with the wrong crowd back then. There was always a group of people who cared about money or whose car was better. Yes, she says, but they were a minority. She also thinks because consumer goods were so scarce in Soviet times, people were satisfied with a lot less. If I managed, for instance, to buy this one really cool sweater and a pair of boots, I was really happy to wear them over and over, and I felt very fashionable. Larissa Bukharina, who sits next to Lena, says since there wasn't much in the stores to tempt us, we spent our money on concerts or theater tickets, and it was all very cheap. But they sold out immediately. 
Now we have a lot more entertainment, foreign movies and performers, but many people can't afford to go because it's so much more expensive. Same goes with travel. Lena, Larissa, and Nikolai are grateful that Soviet-era travel restrictions have disappeared. But the end of communism has also meant the end of cheap holidays and travel within the former Soviet Union. Back then, totalitarian though it may have been, we could afford to take a river cruise on the Volga. Anybody could. It was very cheap. Now, I can't afford it, even though I have a good job. Nikolai Nikolaev says they also had a lot more time off back then to enjoy a holiday. I remember when we were young, even though we didn't earn a lot, my wife and I could afford to spend a month in Crimea. Whereas now, I can afford to go to Turkey, but the most I can take off is 10 or 12 days. In fact, he hasn't had a vacation in more than five years. But he's not complaining. Everything is just different now, he says. Things are much more unpredictable, but in some ways more interesting, too. For The World, I'm Bridget McCarthy. You can find all of Bridget McCarthy's stories on 20 years since the Soviet collapse at theworld.org.